if you want to switch off, it can be hard because you st- I'm standing there brushing my teeth, ready to go to bed, and she brings up something really difficult at work. I'm like, oh my god, uh, I just want to drop it, you know, yeah, or vice yeah, versa. Yeah. But um, so we're trying to make sure that we actually pl- get. Um, we do date nights, right? Yeah. Uh, trying to do date nights, but they're actually business planning nights. Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about building great startups in sunny Western Australia. Today, we're talking with the managing director and co-founder of Dinner Twist, Chris Tistrand. Hi, I'm Charlie Gunningham. And I'm Beth Cornelia. Now, based on an idea that Chris and his wife, Mai, saw in their home country of Sweden, they set up Dinner Twist in Perth in 2012, and they have grown this food delivery and menu company from their kitchen table to 45 staff and $7 million in revenue. It's mm. quite an incredible story. Great. How did they do it? Find out in that chat with Chris. Welcome to Startup West, Chris. Thank you. Great to be here. Fantastic. So firstly, we'd love to hear from you. What is Dinner Twist? That's your your startup. Can you tell us a little bit about what it is, what it does? Of course. Really, we're in the business of bringing the joy back to weekday dinners. And uh, we do that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people know that that could be a challenge. Right? right. So, And we do that by making sure to bring you the freshest local ingredients along with healthy and inspirational recipes. Right. So does one of you do the recipes, one of you, you, have you, you and your wife, Mai, are in this business together. Correct. And it's been going, what, seven years? Yes. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, how does the allocation of roles work there? And what's it like being in business with your wife? Oh, yes. Uh, a few challenges involved. <laughs> um, so those roles, firstly, had to be divided up quite clearly because before we did that, it was too fun to point out the flaws in the other one's plan. Right. All right. And uh, so we need to make sure that you – me, my wife, would be looking after the recipes and everything that had to do with food, and right. I was looking after the sales. And so she's a life. chef? She's a cook? No, she's not, actually. Her background is in retail management, and mine is engineering, so go figure. Here we're running food business. You, can you tell us how you ended up starting uh, uh, the company that you started? That's a really fascinating background that you both have. How did it? How did you end up there? Yeah, it's uh, a bit of a dwindling story, I guess, in a way, but um, we uh, came over to Australia, and we got involved in, in uh, our own fields. So she in retail and me in engineering and working towards the mines. Uh, since we met, though, about 10 years ago now, or 12 years ago now, we um, knew that we wanted to run a business together at some point. Right. We just didn't really know what. And when we had our first child in 2011, uh, we did the thing to go home to a family and show our first child and, you know, meet mm-hmm. the family and all of that. Because you're from Sweden. Back to Sweden, Correct. right? Correct. Um, and then uh, at one stage, we were at a friend's place and the doorbell rang on a Sunday night. And there was a guy out there with two bags of groceries and matching recipes. And the excitement that unfolded in that household when that food was arriving was was amazing to see because they were both working. They were very busy. They had two young daughters. Right. And the whole dinner was a real stigma at their house because no one really wanted to look after it. So they ended up doing takeaways or just... The same old meals you've always done a thousand times. And even the year before, he had given her a cooking class for a Christmas gift and that's (laughs) not recommended. Not a good good Christmas gift. (laughs) So So a meal isn't delivered. It's it's recipes and ingredients for those recipes every week. Correct. Which allows a busy household to actually cook healthy and dinners in, in... little or and you're also effort. creating or the family is doing the meal together yep so that makes it a bit less of a stigma a bit more interesting Correct. and secondly you're, you're doing different meals you're, you're discovering new recipes every week courtesy of your wife is that right yes 
Yeah, right. exactly right. So her and the team, there's there's a few of them. Now it used to be her in our home kitchen. Now there is a there's a team in a larger kitchen who's who's preparing the recipes or right. planning the recipes. But it allows people also to get that inspiration into their home and maybe eat outside of their comfort zones. All of a sudden the kids are trying vegetables they would never otherwise touch <gasps> because it's delicious, right? And it's not what mom usually puts on the plate or whatever yeah. normally comes their way. Yeah. So it sounds like you got you've had quite a bit of growth since you've started. So where's the where's the business at now? Well, at the moment, we're serving thousands of customers around Perth, and we get a 45 team um, wow. uh, that is working with us in our new headquarters in Canningvale, which we just moved into in, in August, which is great. We're finally in a spot where we can you know, properly deliver the kind of product that we were, were looking for in the onset. And uh, yeah, new people, new team members coming on board uh, as we speak. How do you keep coming up with, or how does your wife keep coming up with new recipes every week? It is, uh, they have probably the toughest job, yeah. right? Because they need to stay <laughs> seasonal. They need yeah. to make sure that they keep it interesting. It needs to be healthy. And, you know, it needs to cook in 25 to 35 minutes to make sure that it's actually being doable on, uh-huh. a, week, on a busy weekday as well. So, so uh, they uh, spend a lot of time drinking coffee and looking through magazines, <laughs> I think. But that's where they that's get what? their inspiration. That's exactly yeah. right. That's what they tell me. No, so, yeah. so they're a really creative team. I presume part of the skill is also to be clever with your ingredients such that it can do quite a few different recipes in a week because otherwise you're going to be delivering too much food and that's going to get that's going to put your costs up so there must be a very clever almost algorithm to the thing how it all works there is a lot of um, thought process that goes into it and there are a few different services around where you can get individual or separated meals but our focus is to reduce food waste surely that reduces our cost that's great but also the food waste is a big problem you know worldwide um so if we use half a vegetable in one recipe it will be used later on in the week so you will fill your fridge on the monday but by thursday friday you'll have an empty fridge and nothing you don't need to go shopping you don't have to think of recipes it gets delivered to you so it's a weekly thing fortnightly are they different Levels for families and you can choose. single millennials and yes, yes, there is all those <laughs> it's different very flavors. Hard for one, so like in <laughs> someone who cooks for one, it's uh, most nights of the week. It's really um, frustrating. So yeah. having that kind of what you need service, is dinner twist. Though. I think it is, and well, that's actually I wanted to ask because there are competitors in the market. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about how how busy this space is and where you sit in it. It's changed a lot since we um, started the product or, or built the business in 2012 2013 so we were the only ones in WA so we spent a lot of time educating the market and if we got a dollar for everyone, every time someone saying well if you cook the meal for me as well I would do my dishes you know <laughs> sure. so yeah. because they were used at the ready made uh, product yeah. that just arrived at the door um, so we spent a lot of time making sure that people understood that this is something you can do on your own. You can actually cook these meals without going crazy at the same time and we will actually deliver the freshness of the quality that, that you're expecting because everyone has yeah. their way of squeezing an avocado or picking their tomato when they're in the supermarket. <laughs> but since then, a lot, of, um, a lot of businesses, as you say, has entered the market. So it became really important for us to find what we could do really well and what we enjoy doing as well. Not only what we wanted to be different at, but we had to actually enjoy that process yeah. and when it comes for us it's really about supporting the local uh, farmers and the local quality uh, right. producers yes, of yes. food so we go and visit our fish supply regularly we go down to see where the where the farmers um where the cattle is actually looked after so we make right. sure that we know where our food comes from is that an important part of the message as well local it, produce 
you know, responsibly Absolutely. sourced. Consciously sourced and sustainable fish and make sure that animals are actually treated fairly. And that's a point of difference as well with your business to some of the other new entrants? We would think so uh, because it's really important to us. And I'm not going to say that it's not important to them, but we make sure that we really know what we supply because we want to look every customer in the eye and say they're getting the best product available. And we know that they're feeding their kids as well. So that becomes really important for us as parents yeah, to know yeah. that we're giving good product food to, to our So, so how many others are there and, and where are you in the marketplace now? So I think we're years in. Yeah, so in the market, there's probably um, there's one large global player in the perf market, which is uh, HelloFresh, which I think many people would have come across. Never heard of them. Never heard of them, no, right? Only heard of Dental Twist. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, so, and then uh, there's a couple of local players that have right. uh, come up as well, which I think is great. I mean, there is definitely um, a few different um, varieties of this, and yeah. there is there's room for all of us in this market. Mm, cool. Absolutely. And so I remember coming across you at Curtin Ignition. Uh, so I think you won a Business News Startup Award. And with that, you got the Curtin Ignition program. Uh, that would have been, what, 2015? Sort of 2015, three or four years yeah, in. that's right. Yeah, what so was that like? Because Curtin Ignition is opening again for this year. What, for someone who's been through the program and then you've significantly built your business since then, what did that give you as, as a program? It changed the way we came about our business really because really? before then it was a um, husband and wife and a couple of friendly people helping out type right. of approach. Almost like a hobby business. Yeah, right. it was. Even though we had the aspiration to actually get it beyond there, we didn't have the tools or the knowledge to actually do that. So when mm-hmm. we were looking, lucky to get the, the Rising Stars Award in 2015 and a week on curtain ignition, it allowed us to make a plan for the business, mm-hmm. knowing what was required to actually free up cash and use that cash to scale and yes. think about how to scale it properly. And that, that just became a, you know, a really... And I suppose it gave you a week to think about your business rather than being this hand-to-mouth <laughs> and running the business. Yes. It's good to step away from the business. Right? And being questioned and getting access to so many mentors that has so many much good advice and people that I'm still in touch with today who gladly share their experience and knowledge for... So a, what sort of things did you do that maybe you you hadn't thought of before that made a material difference and allowed you to scale because I think uh, you're now like running at 7 million revenue Mm. a year you've got 45 staff you know that's a successful business startup or otherwise so what did you do different post curtain ignition that really sort of allowed you to scale I think it taught us a lot about um, the different areas of planning and and looking forward to how to implement uh, a strategy into your business because being forced to put that in front of other people made you have to sort of step outside and look in, mm-hmm. which you don't often have time to do. So that those learnings continue to apply. So able to actually do that ongoing. And but one of the key aspects in the beginning was that we were often living, living hand to mouth, as you said, and being able to actually now free up a little bit of cash and know how to invest that cash to to reinvest in the business. Right. Those learnings never stop applying, right? So yes. that that keeps and knowing that there's so much more to know. So um, learning more about business is something that has become a very natural thing for me now. So I just yes. go out seeking learning all the time and new ways to do it. When did you think, I've got a business here. This is more than a hobby. Uh, uh, this is actually <laughs> going to make money, give an income, employ people. It's solid. It's got a life and a momentum of its own. I've thought that twice. Right. <laughs> twice. <laughs> so uh, I left my job at, at, at GE at the time to actually start the business with my wife. And uh, 
I um, thought that this is going to be great. We made a business plan. Within 12 months, we were going to be having thousands of customers. We're going to be swimming in money. This right. is going to be going gangbusters. So gang it was the point busters. of ignorance where you were like, this is going to be great <laughs> exactly before right. you knew. Yes, and I pull out that sheet of paper sometimes, the business plan, look at it and go, oh, oh my gosh. God, yes. <laughs> uh, but we, we jumped head first in and we took our savings and we just started running with this. And um, about 12 months later, ran out of cash. So did you have to raise money? We didn't raise money. We haven't raised money, so we bootstrapped all the way, um, which was um, one of the tougher moments in that is when I had to go to my father-in-law for money. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then luckily, uh, there was an opportunity to go back into my engineering field, and I, I was going back to doing it part-time, then ended up doing full-time just to extend the runway, right, basically right, what we right, did. Right. And then did that for about a year and a half uh, to quite a bit of an expense of my mental and physical health, mm -hmm. which was yeah. quite stressful. And then managed to get the business to a point around the time when we won the Wake on Ignition and the, and the startup uh -huh. prize. Because um, that's also when my manager that I was then working for uh, said, look, um, who are you going to pick here? Because I see the business is kind of taking off. So at that point, I had to make a call and say, no, no, it's actually time to now go back and invest fully. Right. There you go. And so that's when you thought, right, I've got a business here. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. So look, can we take you all the way back to you were born and raised in Sweden? Yep. And you obviously sounds like you had an engineering education. Yes. So were you were you always a high flyer in school? Did you always have kind of an interest in in food separate to your engineering uh, oh, studies? He's smiling like a James yeah. Bond villain. <laughs> <laughs> I, school, I was not a high flyer in school. Uh, right. I did not enjoy school. I, wow. I was uh, I was staying away from school as much as I could as I was growing up. Actually, Bit of a rebel. Uh, yeah, okay. I was. Uh, rebel. I'm hoping my kids don't pick up on on uh, the stuff <laughs> I was up to, but I. Um, I uh, did what I had to do to get by mm. right? and um, I didn't really have a lot of great grades when I, after year 12 so when I get into uni I literally had to get on my knees and beg for them to accept me wow. right and they did <laughs> and, and um, but engineering degree engineering degree yeah right. automation engineering Stockholm no that was in a small town called Kobde where most of the um all of the Volvo engines have been made ah, historically. Volvo. And that's where I was working as well, doing automation. So. Did you think you might end up working for Volvo? Well, I actually did helping my father in this space, and that's what got me into the uh, got me the interest, and that's what made me then apply for the uni course in that in that space as well. Mm. And first job? What was your first job? My first job out of uni was for a company called Rockwell Automation as a uh, field engineer. Right, I heard of them. Yeah. yeah. And so then, when did you and mine meet? We met at my best friend's wedding. Oh, what a story. Yes. Fantastic. They claimed to have planned that we were going to sit <laughs> next to each other, but I think that's in retrospect. But yeah, yeah and I was the master of ceremony at that wedding, and fantastic. I was lucky to sit next to a fantastic lady. Fantastic. And then when and how did you move to Perth? So we met, and then we moved back to my hometown, Gothenburg, and spent a couple of years there. Uh, but we were not really ready to settle down, you know, and build a family and have a house. So we thought we'll just spend some years abroad. Right. And started looking around, and I was helping, asking my company then, Rockwell, to see if they had an opening somewhere. Being a global business, they said, yeah, we got an opening in Perth. Where the hell's that? <laughs> It really I was. I never, I kind of hadn't, right? I, I think I have a friend who's been there, but Google Images, dolphins, Perth sunsets. Scotland, right? Perth Scotland. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> no, and from so we thought, yeah, great, let's do it. Wow. And that was supposed to be, um, you know, two to three year assignment. And here we are, ten years later. Wow. 
And so you came here, you had both your kids here? We've had both our kids here. Yeah. Age now? Uh, our younger Axel is three years old and older Leah is eight. Axel, what a great name. Wow, that is a good name. Ah, <laughs> uh, the musician in you. Oh, yes, there is a knee so, in there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so look, can you tell us, we, we have touched on some of the challenges of making the recipes, but are there any like special st- uh, challenges that you come across in your particular type of startup that you can kind of share with people about what, what makes you a bit unique? I think we've probably come across a lot of challenges that a lot of people can feel are unique to them. Uh, I think it's coming, but uh, we picked a business that is very personal, you know, in terms of how people, people cook at home and what type of groceries they buy and how they want to eat. And that has been the hardest part. I think convincing people that they can trust us with this. Yes. Inviting us to dinner is what we say, right? Because that's what they're doing, right? They're inviting a stranger to dinner and and we really appreciate that trust, but it's also very hard to break that mold. Yes. Um, But it's also what makes it the most rewarding is when someone connects with you and say, look, thank you so much for the amazing service and the product and my his, my daughters are now healthier and I'm feeling better and we are eating together and it, it brings then a personal um, benefit that yep, we yep. I could never you know dream of in my in my previous career. Any, any bad things have happened? I'm thinking you know food goes wrong, food is bad. Someone gets sick and sues you. I don't know. They're, yeah. they're eating it, so things yeah, could go wrong. Right? No, hundred percent. And there's definitely that. That's always on our mind, and that's one of the biggest, you know, um, risk factors when when uh, dealing with consumable goods like that. So we have a very high standard. We have been lucky um, and vigilant, I guess, to make sure that we are very very careful with how we treat our food and where we how we source it and how we bring it to people. Uh, so. Um, Touch wood. Touch wood so far. So, yes. far. so you have the added challenge of, as we mentioned at the start, you guys are a husband and wife team. Yes. So how does that play out in the business? You never answered that question. I noticed uh, that. That's why I uh, that. You've thrown it back in there. <laughs> uh, it, I think it is. Uh, it's great in many ways mm. because I don't know who else would have put up with me with the amount of uh, investment. diplomatic. Yeah. Well, but, because if you're not both invested and you put, I know how many hours and stress and thought process we put into our business and if you don't have the acceptance from the other party in your home mm. uh, I think that would have been hard yeah. so we've both, both been equally invested both been convinced that this is going to work and, and uh, determined that it's going to work so willing to, to sacrifice our own time a lot mm. but also it's hard because then it, you know we need it to it consumes your life exactly I imagine right. once you're at home it's still the, the yeah. two yeah. founders yeah. are in the room and so if we have a def- fight over breakfast we, I can't just go oh I'm off to work see you later because then it's, there <laughs> she so is so how do you do the boundaries then how do you do the right we are stopping office. Now we're talking about kids or family or something else. How, how do you manage that? So you, we don't. It's all mixed in. <laughs> it truly is. And it can be really, um, I mean, you, if you want to switch off, it can be hard because you st- I'm standing there brushing my teeth ready to go to bed and she brings up something really difficult at work. I'm like, oh my God, uh, I just want to drop it, you know, yeah, or vice yeah, versa. Yeah. But um, so we're trying to make sure that we actually pl- get, um, we do date nights, right? Yep. Uh, trying to do date nights, but they're actually business planning nights. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> 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 Top secret, you know, get first, everyone. <laughs> and 
uh, I'm trying to think of the, of the technology here. Presumably, logistically, you have to be really clever. Running those vans and people, which is probably one of the bigger expenses, you're actually delivering this. Correct. You'd have had to have learned a lot. You've become almost like a logistics company, really. We are actually. a food company, right? Correct. That's why the, the recipe creation side is a little bit separate to the rest of the business because we, really didn't, we, we need to make sure that we deliver it on time, mm. fresh, and, and, I mean, our warehouse is fairly relaxed on uh, most of the week, but on a Monday, Tuesday morning, everything comes in in a amount of hours. All the yeah. boxes are packed and they load on the vans and they're delivered to customers' stores a couple of hours later. So it's a, it's a massive logistical challenge. You've got software there. You've got ha- we do, ha- yeah. you have to train the drivers. You've got iPads, etc. How yeah. have you managed all that? Yeah, correct. So we've, we've set up the production lines to be very efficient in, in making sure that we get not only the best quality because we need to make sure that people are vigilant when they're packing, um, but also that is that is accurate and quick. The uh, logistical side, we use software for routing, so we just load all the addresses and we do by by different regions and we have uh, very expensive and clever tools to make sure that we're very efficient when we're delivering our boxes. You own all the logistics, you don't outsource that to a logistics seems, company no, to go? No, that's in-house, yeah. It, it doesn't make sense to outsource that, you, you're going to do that yourself? It's such a big part of our business and such right. a core part of our business and there's also a lot of changes happening late, so we need to be able to be nimble around that as well. Mm. So it sounds like you've encountered a lot of challenges along the way. What do you wish you knew then that you know now? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I can't wait to start another business. <laughs> I can start <laughs> really? yeah, everything, all the things. Well, in a way, because it's uh, not having had a business before, um, and not having, I guess, started a business in Australia before. You know, so I think there was a lot of learnings there, just about how it's all set up and what's uh, what what the expectations are. Um, so. The Curtain Ignition program did a lot of that as well. I mean, I think it would have taken six months of our startup mm, time because of just being able to consolidate and, and prioritize what's yeah. important. So flipping that question, what advice would you give to other Perth founders? Right. Um, they need to make sure that they really surround themselves with people who have experience mm-hmm. and who are willing to share their experience because there's so much to learn, whether it's in your industry or not. There's always little bits and pieces to, to take on and, and um, just make sure that you feed yourself and inspire yourself by others. Mm-hmm. Do you get much contact with the startup community? I, I, I think I introduced you here to Riff. It's the first time you come down to the Riff co-working space and it blew you away, actually. Yes, you it did. It. Yeah, so impressive. Do you get out to much startup events or business networking events? And are they of value or you just head down in the business? They're definitely value, uh, but it's uh, hard to find the time. I must admit, I wish I could find more time for it. Uh, so it's on my um, on my list of things to do in the next year is to get out there a bit more. Great, fantastic. Well, we're going to finish with a rapid quick fire round. So um, first thing comes into your head, Chris. All right, the single most important factor that makes a successful startup: determination and passion. Insourcing or outsourcing? I think I know the answer to this. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, at the beginning, outsource because you need to have some kind right. of safety and not spend all your money at once. But as soon as you can, insource. Right. Mm-hmm. Should a startup self-fund or raise money? Another question we probably know the answer to. Uh, look, uh, I say self-fund, but if you're looking to grow rapidly and then... Sure, go out and get some money. Some things need to be built. You need to raise the money to build Correct. Yeah. Uh, you a PC or a Mac guy? Mac all the way. All right. <laughs> uh, red or white? White. And we talk about wine. 
We had someone answer blue ones. I think that was Tim Brewer. That was a great answer. People said I like it. They've, they've done this in very oh, different ways. Oh, that's that's yeah. great. If we're talking about wine, wine, then it's actually red. There you go. I think we should add wine to yes, the end of that question. Yeah. I thought it was a personality reflection. I know. Yeah. People yeah, are right. Maybe we should just keep it like that. <laughs> just to see what you. It could go either way. Apart from Startup West, because I know you have been listening because you've made some lovely comments about this podcast. Do you listen to podcasts? If so, which ones? Yeah, I frequently listen as soon as I get in the car um, uh, and I, uh, I enjoy a lot of the business uh, podcasts. Um, mm. Any stick out for you that you like? That you yeah, one on the um, Scaling Up uh, by um, Bill Gallagher, which is part of the okay. um, uh, Scaling Up uh, network. Yeah. It's great because that has business advice on a bit of a smaller level. And uh, Masters of Scale is always an inspirational. Masters of Scale, read That gets mentioned yes. a lot on yeah. the show, actually. Uh, well, thanks, Chris. And we want to wish you and my and your team all the very best for the future. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to give Startup West Pod a nice review. That helps other people find us. Do subscribe so you'll get the next pod in your feed. You can now find us on Spotify and pretty much any pod- podcast platform you can imagine. Thanks, Charlie. And also thank you to our sponsors. So Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News and it's brought to you by the fine people at Raze, Space Cubed, Curtin University and BDO. So it's also recorded at the brand new podcasting studio, as we mentioned, in Space Cubed or Riff powered by Space Cubed in beautiful downtown Perth, Western Australia. See you next time. See you, Chris. See you. Thank you. Thank you.